Grovecast. Whoops, I, I, I have to work on the intro. I'm not going to say it anymore. I'm just going to work on the intro next time. I'm actually going to create an intro. That's what I'm going to do this week. Um, my name is Mark, and you're listening to Walnut Grovecast. I am on tonight with, introduce yourself, please. Hi, I am Kim Layer. <laughs> um, I, I never tried that before. I'm, I'm trying new things this week, I guess. Nice. Um, but you and I were just talking about so many different um, topics. Um, and yeah. I find I, I do this very often. I'll get into these little chatty catty type of discussions with people before <laughs> I press record. And I'll forget to bring them up or I'll forget to talk about them. And I'm like, come on, I should just start a recording as soon as we got on the phone. <laughs> or on the Skype. But um, I, I do want to just mention, we were talking about 1800s kind of candy. Or or rather, I found a candy maker in Tallahassee, Florida. And they have an incredible YouTube channel. The name of their place is called Lofty Pursuits. And I'll put a link to the YouTube channel, but also a link to their website. You can order their candy through the mail and they'll send it. But they make like soda fountain creations and they do like farm fresh ingredients, but it's hypnotizing to watch them make lemon drops. And they talk about why it's called a drop, you know, and oh. it's so nerdy that I think that the people who listen to the show really might enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I'm not even going to say no offense because that would not offend anybody who's listening to a Walnut Grove podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> we are of the same people. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like we know what we're pe- our people are. Um, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, loftypursuits.com. They are not sponsoring the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although uh, I, I can be bought. So the episode that, we're, that Kim and I are going to be speaking about tonight is one of these, I think, a heavily rotated episode. I've seen this episode 100,000 times. Hmm. Um, what about you? Uh, has this been something that you, um, have you seen this more than a couple times? Well, I definitely, anytime that you and I are doing an episode, I'll always watch the episode in preparation at mm-hmm. least three or four times, take notes, you know. Um, I actually am fairly new to the world of Little House on the Prairie. I didn't even start watching this show until like February of this year. I know, you, you really dove in though. Oh Deep. my gosh, well how could you not? I am just obsessed with all things Little House. It's the best show and I'm just so into just the pioneer lifestyle and everything. You get everything. the bell. <laughs> oh, there you I like go. Because <laughs> everybody so, needs a belt. I love it. And I haven't, I've only watched, you know, on Prime Video. I was born in 1989. I don't recall this ever really, like, I. it wasn't on when I was young or new. anything. <laughs> you were going to um, say new. <laughs> when I was new, exactly. But my dad was obsessed with Little House really? on the Prairie when I was growing up. He would just sit there and be like, you kids need to be quiet because my little house is on. Shut up! And exactly. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is so boring. I'm going to go play outside. Um, is so your dad I was, still around? No, he's not. He's oh, not. okay. But he, um, he actually, we were talking about this before. He grew up in Sonora, California, where they filmed a lot of the little wow. house on the prairie. And my grandma had a restaurant there while she worked as a waitress. And she said that Michael Landon used to come in all the time. And the waitresses just used to drool over (laughs) the hunkiness of Michael Landon. And so it's always been like part of our our family history that, you know, my grandma once saw Michael Landon and Little House is just the best. So 
when my husband and I started becoming homesteaders and we have our little rural life out here, I was like, we should give Little House a try. And then Mm -hmm. the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, I think that it really is the type of show that you kind of fall into. I I think Mm -hmm. I've I've shared a million times. You know, I watched as a kid secretly when it was in rotation, you know, repeat mode at five o'clock. And um, I don't know. I just kind of remember watching as a kid. And then as I got older, I just watched it. I, I went back to it. And more recently, I just decided to, like, you know, it would be kind of a cool topic for a podcast. Totally. And my whole thing was like, okay, I couldn't watch it. We were like binge watching together, my husband and I. So I could not watch it, you know, when he's at work, because that's just rude to do. So I was like, <laughs> I need a new way to obsess over this. I wonder if there's a podcast about it. And then, you know, and here we are today. Well, I have Jack on the line, too. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I was like, what? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so this episode, it was in heavy rotation, at least in um, in the 80s, way before you, you um, came around. And I think it had a lot to do with the message that we are going to hear about at the very end. Um, it's a very sweet episode, and... First off, why don't you tell us what episode we're watching? We're talking about, <laughs> rather. Episode Stone Soup, which is Season 8, Episode 13. That's right. And this aired on January 18th, 1982. Which is crazy because it's such a hot, hot, summery drought episode. Right. right. <laughs> um, you would imagine that this would be, yeah, I didn't think about that until just now when, when I'm like, January. I mean, it was freezing here. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. But maybe this, you know, maybe this gave a little bit of relief to people. There you go. Yeah. Warmed them up. Yeah. So I'm going to jump right into the first, um, the first scene or rather the first clip. And let me ask, are they, are these apple trees or like, what is this that they're planting? unclear they're only ever referred to as the trees the orchard but it's never stated what kind of trees they are Bastards. all right <laughs> <laughs> it's like when i hear orchard i think of grapes even though like it oh. would be obvious that it wouldn't be you know and yeah. I, I think that you would probably call it um a vineyard <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so I, i'm wrong on all fronts but <laughs> i would imagine in in minnesota like uh, I, I don't know. What would they have? What would be? I don't know. What would be resistant to the snow? <laughs> I mean, it depends. There's so many different varieties of different things. I'm sure there's probably some even snow resistant grapes, and there's definitely snow resistant apples, and it just depends on the variety. Also, who plants trees in in this kind of heat? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. All right. So yeah, here's our first clip. The Pride of the Wilders. You getting tired? Nice time. Yeah, it's kind of hot. Oh, Mammy, I just love it. We're going to have the biggest orchard in the whole county. You better. Every cent we've got's tied up in it. You're not sorry, are you? Heck no. I mean, if everything works out like you said. This is just the beginning. With the money we make off this orchard, we'll be able to buy 100 acres for the beef cattle you've always wanted. Yeah, and maybe there'll be more acres for more wheat. But you know what I really dream about? Used to be me. Oh, <laughs> sweetheart still is. Baby and 
all the other babies we're going to have and all their babies and all the things that we'll be leaving them. But for work in this place, a steam tractor. This one of those things will do the work of 16 horses. And you don't have to feed it through the winter. Just imagine. It's all starting with this orchard. Steam tractor. I know. Fancy. That is pretty fancy. Sounds loud and hot. Yeah. Oh, definitely hot for <laughs> sure. And um, according to the trusty, trusty internet, the best kind of fruit trees to grow in Minnesota <laughs> are pears, peaches, apricots, plums, and cherries. Huh. I bet you they were plum trees. Oh, really? I was thinking peaches. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that... Um... Caroline's restaurant would be a pretty good buyer. Oh, but they were not yeah. fruit for a couple seasons. You can't just, you know, it's not like you can plant them and be like, all right, next year. I mean, I'm guessing those trees are probably like three years old. And with just my experience with fruit trees, they usually don't start producing fruit for until they're about seven years old. So mm. we got some time. We have, um, when I first bought this house, we had two really big cherry trees in our backyard. Mm. Um, and they fruited when we first moved in. And we're like, oh, wow, look at that cherry tree, free cherries. Yeah, bonus. Yeah, it was kind of cool. A lot of squirrels, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But the it, one got a little bit um, sick at some point, and somebody did something to, and then it split. So oh. I had to take that one down. I had to George Washington it. Yeah. So, um, so we have one cherry tree now, but it hasn't fruited in two years. Oh, I don't think weird. it's sick either. Yeah. This is the first year I kind of thought, hmm, it doesn't look sick, but it's not fruiting. So I actually uh, treated it and did all this stuff on, you know, I went to YouTube, of course. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're like, pour gasoline on it. No. Um, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and light it on fire. So, no, um, I, I fed it, I guess. Uh, I gave it proper fertilizer. So. Yeah, you might need to cross-pollinate it or just pollinate it in, in general. I have um, 19 fruit trees and bushes on our little orchard that we have here. <laughs> Um, and you know, they haven't all been successes. We have a lot of deer and a lot of squirrels up here that just rob us blind, but we're trying <laughs> 19. Wow. Yeah. Of all different kinds and everything, but we're trying to, I'm sorry, this is so off the course of what we're talking about. Not but... really because it's what they're doing. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're, we're, we're trying to do is we're trying to do a permaculture environment, which is all stuff that grows very naturally to our area so that we don't have to go out and water it all the time with, you know, two big buckets on our back like Laura does. Or, right. you know, it's just all stuff that just naturally does well. So we're not fighting nature. We're working with it. And then um, so we have just about any kind of fruit that you could name we got out here that at least that grows in Florida. And the other day we actually had some wild passion fruit growing. So I got a few of those I'm keeping an eye on. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I just think stuff like that is um, pretty incredible. There's a book I want to share with you. Mm -hmm. um, I have to find the, the title of it, but it's all about this kind of stuff. And I, I think um, either you own it or you would probably enjoy reading through it, but I'll find it Great. after, after the show. Okay, <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> but um, all right. So Pa comes up. Pa comes up with his rickety old wagon, and mm -hmm. he makes an offer to Almanzo of more money than I've heard in this show. Personally, I don't. Yeah. It's like what? What? Been offered three hundred dollars to haul some mining equipment. Hold on. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like nineteen eighty two money. 
I've did the conversion and they'll each, so obviously they'll each get $150, which in today's money would be $3,773 and 10 cents. I mean, it's, it's a good chunk of money. Yeah, but they are going to be gone for two months in like a very (laughs) dangerous country. (laughs) Yeah. Money didn't come too easily in Walnut Grove. No, not to, not to the, not to the Ingalls or the Wilders at least. So I'm going to play a little bit more of their conversation. Awesome. Because it kind of quickly, uh, it's a lot of visual in this particular episode. So I'm going to do, I guess we'll both do a little bit of narrating, um, uh, you know, voiceover work. <laughs> $300. That's right. Where's it being hauled to? California? Well, you're close. Northern Arizona. It's going to come in by rail to Sleepy Eye on Wednesday. We're supposed to pick it up right away. Wednesday? Well, it's just a couple of days from now. I don't know. I'd be gone a couple of months. We're talking about $150 a piece. I know it's a lot of money. I think you should do it. It's a lot of money, idiot. Take it. <laughs> but yeah, Laura's pretty much pretty adamant. Well, we haven't even finished playing the orchard yet. Hey, look, Albert and I can give you a hand with that. Shouldn't take more than a couple of days. Well, that'd make a difference. You wouldn't mind my being gone for a couple of months? Of course I'd mind. But you said yourself we need the money. I'll be all right. The baby isn't due for four more months. I hope your ma's that understanding. I haven't told her yet. What do you say, Alonzo? Well, can I think about it? I've already accepted the deal. In other words, no, he's gone. (laughs) It's like either you take it or you're dead to me. Or I'll go alone and keep the whole $300 and rub it in your face as you eat rocks. Um, So so, um, it's very hot in Walnut Grove. (laughs) We hear a lot about the heat of Uh Walnut Grove uh, in this particular episode. But we also see Laura going right to work to water the orchard. Right. She's... She's, I mean, she's a tough woman. I mean, I, I think this is one of the few episodes, I think, where they really show how tough she is, like how hard she'll push herself in a very similar way um, to her father, right? Exactly. Yeah, she is definitely her father's daughter, but I thought the same thought. I was like, wow, man, prairie women had to be so tough. It's just mm. incredible to see. Well, here's uh, pretty much the toughest woman in the township. Good morning, Harold. Oh, good morning, Harold. Oh, my heavens, it is getting so hot. Oh, uh, hot enough to bake the brains out of a lizard. I what? love these stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems psychotic. Yeah, totally. It's hot enough to bake the brains out of a lizard. Mrs. Foster is just the most little angelic, sweetest person in all of Walnut Grove. And that was just shocking to hear <laughs> yeah. come out of her mouth. It's like, your last name Bader? Like, you a bloody Bader? <laughs> <laughs> oh, heavens, you are something. Oh, Harriet, uh-huh. would, you, uh, would you give this to Laura? She's been in every day this week hoping for word from Almanzo. Oh, yes. Thank you, Harriet. Yes. So it's a postcard, of course. And. Do people send postcards anymore? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, your I, generation would represent whether it's being used anymore. So I would take that, that people don't really do it. You know, I think postcards are interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's more of a collectible thing. And like you collect it for yourself or something, but I just, I have to wonder what on earth Miss Foster gains out of giving that to <laughs> Mrs. Olson, because it's not like it would be any I mean, Laura's, first of all, on her way into town, but maybe she doesn't know that. But there's, it's got to be equal distant 
from the Olsons to the schoolhouse and or at least not much further from the post office to the schoolhouse. So like just wait five minutes. Laura will be there. Listen, until you've lived in these smocks that they're wearing, right? These oh, true, 14 true. layer smocks. <laughs> you don't want it. Yeah, I mean, and they're really covered up in this episode. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time we'll talk about Laura, like, really pushing herself and exerting herself, she is wearing um, <sighs> bloomers, high-heeled shoes, a floor-length wool gown, <laughs> a blouse over the top. It's just ridiculous. A this poor girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. So, um, yeah, Laura comes wandering into town almost immediately um, mm-hmm. as Harriet is beginning to look at the postcard. Morning, Mrs. Olsen. Well, good morning. Oh, Laura, here, I have a card for you. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> it's just remarkable, the, the speed of... Now, Caroline, I don't think, would say this. So this is a very Laura thing, I think, that's coming. Yeah. Caroline would just kind of grin and bear it. But... Give her a little <laughs> the side eye. Right. All these days, right? it's all the way from Colorado to Walnut Grove in just 10 days. <laughs> They're making very good time, too. Of course, they don't have to put up with this heat, I guess. Mrs. Olson. Uh-huh. You are more than welcome to read my mail. But I'd like a chance to read it first. Snippet. <laughs> Snippet. Um, but it is a postcard in all fairness. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to read, but I would never give her that offer oh anytime you want to read it just i hope i get to see it first and i know it was snarky but you know harriet will take her up on that <laughs> yeah you're right um now one of the things we we see sometimes on little house in the prairie is ice right we, we see right. it coming and going um sometimes people are in um like almanzo is in a bathtub of it at, at times mm-hmm. um and there's an ice house which the um, olsons have but you probably, I'm going to guess you know about the history of ice. Well, I know it from what I've read from the Farmer Boy book. Hmm. About the lake or? Yeah. yeah. About the lake and then how they would, okay, so they would, you know, cut it out from the lake, haul it all the way back to their house, cut it into like chunks like the size that Nels have, and then they would pack it so tight with sawdust in this cool house, like a cellar kind of a house. They would pack it so tight and put them like an inch apart from each other, and it would last all through the summer. Yeah, it's crazy how these things work. Yeah. Um, and they're just going through it like crazy. So here, Here's Harriet with her feet in a bucket of water with ice in it. Uh, do you remember my cousin Opal from Richmond, Virginia? Vaguely. <laughs> yeah. But she's complaining about uh, about rain for two weeks. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah. 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 Oh. Ah. Oh, that's heavenly. I just think she's so like dramatic about it. It's just Oh so, yeah. Um so after that, um that weird moment. <laughs> we have, um, I think I got a time here wrong, so I'm just going to skip it. So we see continuously that it's hot, hot, hot. Everybody's complaining. It's so hot. Mm-hmm. If I hear about how hot it is again, you're going to lose your mind watching this. <laughs> so Laura is here. Laura makes a statement about the orchard and 
how it's already becoming a, a struggle. And this is He's very not going to come home to a dead orchard. And we see Laura carrying those buckets. I mean, probably, what, four gallons or three gallons in each one. I mean, it's heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially a woman who's, what's um, five months pregnant. Right. And and her and Ma, before this, have just sat and talked in front, you know, in front of the restaurant about just how hot it is. And Ma's just warning Laura, like, you are pregnant. It, the, I know that you're worried about these trees, but I'm more worried about your health, kind of. And Laura's just like, cool story. I'm going to keep watering these trees. So she has them, you know, strapped to her back. Um, and she's just out there working, working, working. Now, it brings us to the school. So it has to make me also wonder, when was this taking place? What yeah, month? Interesting. It's 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 definitely not summertime. And, you know, and they said before in like a Miss Beetle episode that the boys aren't there because it's summertime and they need to help harvest everything. And mm-hmm. Willie's there, Albert's there. So I don't know what month it's supposed to be. I mean, and they're planting. So, I mean, we're talking um, right before March? spring. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. In March. It's a hundred <laughs> degrees in March. <laughs> in Minnesota. <laughs> in, 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 yeah. It's kind of insane. So um, the timeline doesn't really work, but uh, here we are in the schoolhouse. This is a, this is a little bit of a long clip, but I think it's really worth it. It kind of brings in a lot of interesting stuff. Without our revolutionary war heroes, we might still be a colony of England. Now here's something interesting to think about. Do men become heroes because of history, or do they create the events that make them heroes? Nancy? It's events. Without the tea tax, there wouldn't have been a Boston Tea Party. And that started the war. Very good, Nancy. Willie? It's men who make history. Without the midnight ride of Paul Revere to warn the colonists that the British were coming, they would have captured John Hancock, Sam Adams, and the gunpowder. Is that a mustache I see on Willie? Can you believe Jonathan Gilbert is 14 years old in this episode? Is he really 14? Yeah, I was shocked because I'm like, Willie looks like he has a mortgage, a wife, three kids. Like, what is he still doing in school? Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's 14. He just, he grew. Yeah. It's, it's crazy watching this show because we really do see them grow up. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's the heroes that make history happen. Very good, Willie. You may sit down. Cassandra, what do you think? I think it's too hot and I'm thirsty. Now, this should have been Nancy's line, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the complaining, um, you know, adopted Engel. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seemed a little, like, sassy and smart-alecky for an Engel, but... Yeah, but then again, maybe the heat's getting to her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she did just come through a traumatic, like, PTSD situation, so I'll give her some slack. I'm going to say they even added sweat to people in this. Yeah, definitely. I noticed that, too. Like, everybody's face is glistening, and, like, they're, they're just, their bodies are just soaked with <laughs> yeah, sweat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very um, ripe-looking. <laughs> <laughs> May I please be excused to get a drink of water? We'll take a 10-minute recess. Willie, I'd like to speak to you for a little please. You did really well this morning. I was surprised to find out you had such an interest in history. 
Well, I can believe in all those heroes, like Washington, Lewis and Clark, and Buffalo Bill. I mean, they did big things. And... And? Well, and I wish I could be like them. Don't you think you can? In Walnut Grove, there's nothing left to discover. No more Indians to fight or buffalo to hunt. Except in Arizona. <laughs> Willie, Arizona isn't like that anymore. Remember, I was just there. But I bet you weren't in Apache country. Oh, no, I wasn't. I want to be like Bronco Billy. He's my hero. What's going to happen to me is I'm going to wind up running the mercantile wearing an apron instead of a six-gun. <laughs> Willie, you're going to get your chance to go out in the world. And it'll come a lot faster if you educate yourself. The real heroes are the men who are educated. Like Benjamin Franklin and Lewis and Clark. I'll do better. I promise. I know you will. Now give me this book and you go outside and get yourself a drink with so I thought that this is a kind of a sweet scene. Like we we're starting to see a coming of age Willie. Absolutely. He's like take, taking school more seriously and he's just kind of becoming a very thoughtful young man. And to me, that is the main story of this episode is just watching Willie evolve from like this little bratty boy into a nice man. He's definitely becoming more Nels like. Yeah. Um, so they they go right to Laura, going back right back to the orchard, mm-hmm. and we we keep kind of cutting back to this uh, Laura that's getting more and more dusty and exhausted and sweaty. It's, yeah, it, it's kind of intercut with Nell's hauling ice back for Harriet's feet from the ice house. Right. Um, <laughs> they do repetition and they do sorry they do repeat that sequence so many times during this episode and also farmers like begging the Olsons for credit because their their crops actually, are dying. Yeah, I was going to play that scene actually. Okay. We're also getting a lot of shots of the sun. <laughs> the same shot of the yeah. sun exactly. Dun dun. That's the sound when there's a sun it's like <laughs> Sorry. I can't make a payment, Nils. As soon as I get some money coming in, I'll pay you. I understand, Jenna. I thought Nellie was going to, I mean, um, Nancy was going to say something. Like, yeah, oh, another by. deadbeat. <laughs> I, I could just see it happening. I don't know. But At yeah, she walked by. tell on him to, Har- to Harriet. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, like pause doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I sure appreciate it, Nils. Third one today that's asked for credit. It's drought. If the crops fail, there's going to be a lot of folks that don't pay their bills. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Nels, don't give them credit. Harriet, they're our neighbors, our friends. Oh, oh you're such a soft... All right, you've got to charge them interest then, and I mean it. <sighs> Poor Nels. He's just I... under so much stress. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with really um, charging a lot of interest. <laughs> And obviously Harriet is such a evil, you know, woman and a caricature and you just want to root for Nels. But honestly, if it, if it was just Nels left to his own devices, him and his kids would be out on the street. They would be broke. Harriet is such a savvy businesswoman and she's just thinking about the business first. Yeah, he'd be living with his um, his sister, Annabelle, was it? Oh, right. Exactly. Um, in the traveling circles with 
Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Oh my gosh, Taylor. London or something? yeah, London, London. You nailed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so the next transition to the next scene, I've never seen on Little House in a Prairie, and um, as somebody who's a big Hitchcock fan, what it is is Laura's standing in front of the camera and walks away from it. So it goes from black to that. So it's not actually the fade in is actually done by her. And I've never seen this before in a little house. And it's for me, it's such a, um, it was a surprise to see. It was somebody definitely messing around and, Hey, check out this. Let's try something new. So, um, do you know who this one was? Um, if it was directed by Michael Landon, because I find that when you see really unique shots like that, I'm always like, Oh, this must be a Landon directed one. He always seems to have fun playing around with the camera angles and transitions and stuff. This, um, this was directed anyway by Maury Dexter. Oh. And Maury Dexter actually has a kind of an interesting background. He he's done a couple of um like uh this thing called Hell's Bells, um these kind of um kind of pulp type movies, I guess. Okay. Um I think he also yeah, he worked on um the 1968's Mary Jane where it's all about marijuana. Um so <laughs> I don't know. He, he understands how to do sensationalism, but yeah. he also did like Father Murphy, and, uh, um, Highway to Heaven, of course, and all of those type of things. So he's done a lot of different things, but he definitely did a lot of that stuff early in life <laughs> as a director. Yeah. So, oh, interesting. So, but I don't know if he would have been in charge of making that type of decision, but he, mm-hmm. he might very well might have. So, um, so, yeah, you have that little shot, and we have the, I'm going to say Willie is reading the equivalent of a comic book here, right? It, exactly. It's Indian Scouts in the Southwest. In the Southwest. And he's in the corner right now for reading that in class. So right. our old Willie hasn't fully gone away just yet. No, not at all, which kind of relieved a little bit. But Yeah. So Laura's giving him a little bit of a lecture about it, and I think it's kind of interesting. My job. But it's exciting, and it's part of history. I know it's exciting. And it's all right to read once your schoolwork's done. But you should also be reading books of substance. These stories are fiction, dreamed up by writers. But Apaches are murdering and scalping people all the time. And that's not fiction. Will you stop saying that? I have enough problems without you constantly reminding me that my husband and father could be massacred at any moment. It's like you're letting your private life get a little too much... um... Involvement into the classroom, I think. It was definitely an overreaction, but I just chalked that up to hormones. <laughs> Possible, definitely. Um, <laughs> but also, I mean, Willie's believing that they're scalping people. I think the, the scalping is kind of phased out in the 1840s. I'm not 100% sure about that. But oh. for the most part, it kind of phased out. And I think it was mostly the white men scalping Indians at that point. Oh. So, you know, it was a really nasty time. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what they're talking about, but either way, for the most part, it's fiction. Thank God. So <laughs> so we, we get to see more watering. So she's right. watering a lot. I mean, yeah. there's no reason why these trees should be dying. And how many trees do you think are in there? Enough to clear out their bank account. <laughs> and their well. <laughs> and their well, right. I mean, you they, they have a dry well now. I mean, what's going on with that? Mm-hmm. That's scary. Um, so 
we have Willie reading another um, quote unquote comic book. And um, it's a little bit sultry. And yes. I think this is a really fun scene, too. At least he's not reading catalogs anymore. <laughs> he's graduated. <laughs> yeah, he's graduated to um, to words. You know, there's actual you know, text. <laughs> so here we go. That music. Really? What? Then Morning Cloud, a dusky Sioux maiden, in the full bloom of womanhood, began her dance of, fut- of fertility. Even in buckskin, I could see the graceful shape of her loins. Willie, I am shocked at you. Why, this is trash. This kind of trash will corrupt your mind. But, Ma, it's only the history of the West. Oh, that's history? What's the commotion? Ah, your son! She's just so, like, dramatic. Yeah. No wonder your son is doing so poorly in school, reading this kind of trash. Nails that boy's a dreamer. It's time that you toss him the realities of life. That'll happen soon enough. Let him dream for a while. You should read this. Don't mind if I do. Do we get a little Uh, bit of a a smile on Willie's face and... um, Nels goes in the other room and has a drink. <laughs> Probably. Most, <laughs> most likely. With a yeah. little ice, maybe. <laughs> so um, we go into the other room, and of course, we have the perfect Nancy, right, in yes. her room. And what is Nancy reading? my little sweetheart. <laughs> See what you're reading. Oh, little women. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that somebody in this house appreciates the classics. It's a wonderful story. Did you ever read it, Mother? Oh, yes. And it is a wonderful story. Mm. <laughs> oh, sweetheart. Don't you read too long now, all right? You get some sleep. I won't, Mother. All right, darling. Good night. Good night. So tell us what happens. <laughs> so as soon as Harriet is safely out of the room, Nancy puts down Little Women and she pulls out Vanity Fair where she is reading an equally sultry yeah. uh, story just, just like Willie was. But uh, I'm going to play her reading it in a sec. Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say the difference between like the Nancy's and Nellie's versus Willie is that they're smart enough not to get caught about it. And he's just, he's not manipulative enough not to get caught because I don't know. He's just straight. She's a sneak. She's a total Mm -hmm. scammer. And also I didn't know Vanity Fair went back as far as um, 1881. Well, according to IMDb trivia, the the first edition was not actually out until 1919, and that was a continuity error. What? That's what it says. 30 years off. Mm-hmm. Wow. Unhand me, she demanded. He paid no heed and clutched at her bodice. She protested. You, sir, are a cad. And her eyes are, like, wide while she's reading. I love Nancy. She's amazing. Yeah, she's actually, she's become my favorite character in the, really? in the later years. Yeah. There's yeah. some, I like the darkness of the character. 
Mm-hmm. And I like anyone who cries so much. You hate me. Oh my god, that's like her favorite line. Um, so we see more. Um, oh, Laura oversleeps the next day, or, yes. and, which is very much not like an Ingalls, right? Right, and, then, and yeah. she checks her alarm clock, uh, which I figured that. Uh, first of all, I didn't even know alarm clocks were around back then, but I figured the Ingalls probably woke up when the rooster crowed. Um, but but the wind-up ones. Well, I was shocked to find out that the first adjustable alarm clock was invented in 1847. Wow, I wonder how much they were. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Right, four bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much as a house. Um, yeah. So yeah, she oversleeps and she comes in and Willie is teaching the class. Yeah, I thought that was kind of it was kind of cool. Again, it's a visual, so I do recommend this episode. You know, to really kind of watch to get the the heat in your face. <laughs> um, Laura takes the desk again, and we have Ma coming in to check in on Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't see too much of the restaurant, but that's where I'm assuming that Ma is right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're they're sit out in front of it and have lemonade one time. But uh, Ma's just kind of a background character in this episode. We're aware that she's there, but she's not too in it. Not now, at least. She will be later. So what kind of people are these people if they have such a disposable income that they can't pay their bill at the mercantile, but <laughs> they can eat out? Strange. <laughs> just very strange. Lori, I haven't seen you for a while, so I thought... What have you done to your hands? Nothing. It's Let just... me see. Nothing. Just short of being raw. Disgusting. Have you been working in the orchard <laughs> that hard? It's all right. I'll wear gloves for now. Gloves may protect your hands. They're not going to protect your health. Look at you. I've never seen you so exhausted. It's just the heat, huh? Well, I can see I'm not going to slow you down anyway. At least let me send Albert and James over to help you. Ma, I'm no special case. Everybody with crops is... Being pregnant makes you a special case. Ma, when you were pregnant with Grace, you worked in the fields just as hard as anybody else. Now, you need Albert and James. Ma just goes, you're right, I did. I am great, aren't I? (laughs) But you're just Laura. So <laughs> so she basically says, no, I don't need help. Like, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with this generation. So like, you know, it's okay to ask for a little bit of help. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, um, and both of these women are holding down their households, their full-time farms jobs, yeah. and full-time <laughs> jobs. It's wild. Yeah. It, it's crazy. And we, it, it's just, it's insane. It, it makes no sense to me why Albert couldn't be staying with Laura helping. Yeah. And she has James there. James can still work. Carrie can work, you know, and Cassandra. Cassandra. Yeah. Carry a cup of water. Sure. Right. This is all being done wrong. So (laughs) she goes to the post office and asks, you know, is there any mail for me? And even the mail carrier, um, I forgot her name. You probably know. Miss Foster. Um, She says, is something wrong with you? Are you feeling well? And she said, you Kind of look like crap. <laughs> yeah, you know. rude. Yeah. Well, I thought she said it as nicely as possible. No, she's an angel, honestly. Yeah. She's just got the sweetest face. 
Um, so it's starting to become apparent that she's showing, you know, she she's taking on too much and it's showing. Mm-hmm. So we have a scene where Laura's teaching the class. And dun, 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 here we go. She's reading and she seems really, really into it. Be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches. And she dozes off right into the book. <laughs> You're her brother. Do something. Uh, excuse me, but how is this unreasonable business determined? Albert, will you please repeat that question? And she really looks like crap there. <laughs> she looks really, really. I thought that was cute. I think that I feel a certain energy to Melissa Gilbert's performance in this particular episode that I felt like she just was really excited to be there and she was just going to give it her all. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting, but I feel like she had fun with this episode. I agree with you. Um, she had to act, you know, like normally I think it's just her being her. And yeah. this, she actually had to you know, really put it on, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we are. Albert, of course, is going to step forward and have a few words. Laura? Yes? Why don't I go back to your place with you and give you hand water? Ma needs your help. Yesterday you overslept. Today you fell asleep in class. You need help. So does Ma. The subject's closed. Laura. Albert. It's like, you're just as stubborn as your old man. <laughs> um, you know, he kind of wants to say that. Um, Albert and Willie speak about it a little bit. You know, everybody's really just kind of concerned at this point. Yeah, she does not look well. Yeah. What'd she say? No, that's what. She's going to kill herself. Those buggies must weigh 40 pounds. She's sensible. She'll ask for help if she needs it. She's sensible sometimes. As soon as I get home, we're going to see what Ma has to say about it. Snitch. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> so Albert snitches. Uh-huh. 100%. And he was right to snitch, but, you know. Come on. Tattletale. Yeah, a little bit. Um, now, for the next <laughs> couple scenes, it's really not much dialogue to talk about. Um, Albert tells on Laura, of course. And how we see um, Laura carrying two huge buckets of water, and she collapses. Belly first. Yeah. Um, Pregnant belly first. Yeah, yeah. She she really does collapse right there in the dusty old um, orchard crops, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So Ma and Albert go over there about the same time because it has to be convenient. And (laughs) they're like, Laura, Laura. And... If you notice, Ma runs really funny. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't. <laughs> what, they have these weird crane shots from up in the air. And uh-huh. for some reason, when when Albert runs one way and Ma runs the other way, it's like Ma's running kind of weird. Oh, no, oh. I don't get it. Like Kind of like maybe, maybe she has bad shoes on or something. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> and they find Laura passed out in the orchard. I don't know how you could even see her, by the way. When they showed the <laughs> shot of it, she was completely camouflaged. The colors she was wearing and everything, I, I couldn't see her unless you were, like, really looking for a girl on the ground. Right. She was covered in filth. Yeah. <laughs> that you know, probably is and she's wearing khaki. You know? Exactly. 
So um, here we go. We have uh, Ma's big scream here. Albert! (laughs) She's burning up. Help me get her inside. So they bring her inside, of course, and they send Willie. Um, Wait, do they send Willie? Willie somehow... peeking over he's he somehow is is witness to all of this and he's like oh i'll help you carry her inside and they're like you go run and you get doc baker i think think willie was um being a peeping tom or something like that he just kind of showed up out of nowhere you know yeah he did um he finally finds doc um and he runs all the way from their homestead which i'm gonna guess i don't know how far i i think everyone's farms and everything is about two miles away from town yeah, that's kind of why I was thinking two, three miles. And um, finally, we find Doc. Doc Baker, Doc Baker. Slow down, Willie, slow down. Take a deep breath. Tell me exactly what's wrong. It's Mrs. Wilder. She's collapsed. Mrs. Ingle said that she had a heat stroke. All right, I'll get right on out there. Did you run all the way here? Yes, sir. Well, Willie, you're a case of heat exhaustion about to happen. I want you to get in the shade and drink a quart of water very, very slowly. Add a couple of teaspoons of salt. And after that, I want you to find somebody to bring a block of ice out to Laura's. Yes, sir. And Immediately, I thought, like, they were going to be out of ice. <laughs> yes, and they set that up earlier, too, because Nels is like, we are just wasting all this ice on yeah. Harriet's feet. And Harriet's like, eh, screw them. It's our ice. Right, it's our ice, and I'll do what I want to do with my ice. Exactly. So you're like. Oh, God. Well, oh, yeah. My God, me too. Goals. (laughs) Like, I want to be here when I grow up. But I just, I, they set it up like, oh, we're getting low on the ice. And oh, this passed out pregnant woman needs ice. What's going to happen? But nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. Um, This is a nice little moment with Willie. Willie, do exactly as I said. I don't want any dead heroes around here. Yes, sir. So this is, of course, in relation to him kind of questioning his future in Walnut Grove. Yeah, and the whole talk earlier about, like, is it the men that make themselves heroes? He seems to have a big fascination with heroes. So Doc Baker basically calling him a hero, just his whole face lights up. He's right. so cute. I really kind of wish he continued acting in real life. Um, I would have been I... curious to see what he would do. But I, I really don't blame him for not wanting to be a part of um, one of this. Yeah, it's easy I to know. get. And it's such a touchy subject, Jonathan Gilbert, and everyone's like, what does he look like? And, you know, I know it's I know it's like a controversial little house subject, but I find myself curious. He has great potential. And I mean, we've seen him since he was like a little five year old. He was so cute. I have a feeling one day he'll kind of pop up. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe my feelers will find him. Oh, that would be amazing. I'll that knock is, on wood. That's not a hint. He's not coming on the show anytime soon. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, um, it, Laura's in ice, just like Almanzo when he had pneumonia. With pneumonia, oh, or what did he have? No, he fell down the stairs. Oh, because he had pneumonia. Yeah, because he, he was hauling the ice. <laughs> he fell down the stairs, put him in a tub of ice. <laughs> His sprained ankle. Um, <laughs> that would have been kind of funny. So, Laura's in ice, and... Doc is, you know, don't call the other doctor, call Doc. You know, it's like, don't, you know. (laughs) Well, we haven't even met him yet. It's true, you know, but he is there somewhere. 
Apparently. <laughs> Probably in his house with his own ice house or something. Mm. <laughs> so, so Doc is trying to convince Laura what she's supposed to do while she's laying in a bed full of ice. Mm. I want you to stay in bed for uh, at least a couple of days and rest. To teach school tomorrow. I have trees to water. Carolyn, see if you can talk some sense into your daughter. Keep her in ice for another half hour. I've got to get back to town. How was Willie looking when you left? Much better. He was cooling off in the ice house. <laughs> I look in on him. In case he didn't tell you, when he came to get me, he ran all the way. So, um, Nels, of course, has a, a face of pride. You know, it's always good yeah. to hear something good about your kid who, who clearly um, might be a screw-up. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like he's the only one. And obviously, you know, the girls are going to grow up and change and Nellie softened. But he's the only one, as far as Nels is concerned, that has, like, a heart. Yeah. now, But now we're seeing it. Even when he was little, yeah. I think that they did have moments where Willie was, like, a, such a sweet little kid. But it, yeah, he was the true. Dennis the Menace of the town, you know? That's very, very true. <laughs> um, with a big appetite. So <laughs> so um, here we have Ma stealing Laura's job, <laughs> <laughs> which is essentially what's kind of happening here. This is, um, yeah, this is a very long scene that I'm about to play. This is about a four, four or five minute scene. I'm just going to play the whole thing. I think it's worth playing. Do you think that's crazy? Oh, no, I totally think it's worth playing. And I just wish you guys could see Cassandra's little face. She looks so cute. And she's into this story that Ma's telling. Yeah, she really is. And um, I really like Cassandra. I think she really sells that that persona very well. Oh, my God. And she can cry with, like, real tears coming out of her face so With the pouty face and everything and the shaking lip. Yeah. And she just looks like a big baby doll. She is so cute. Yeah. I want to see what she looks like now. She's a news anchor. Is she really? With yeah, um, there's pictures of her now. Wow, with Jonathan Gilbert. No, um, no, <laughs> the weatherman. No, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be, that would be amazing if they were anchors on like a news. Oh my All right. god, I got a new fan fiction. <laughs> they they're actually um, hosting the um, upcoming presidential debate. <laughs> 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 that that would be that's true fan fiction, right yeah. there. All right, here we go. I'm going to let you go early today because it's so hot. Yes. Sucks First, here. I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> uh. I used to tell Laura, Mrs. Wilder, this story when she was a little girl. It's called Stone Soup. You've been studying the American Revolution, haven't you? Yes. Fine. I want you to imagine that you're a starving British soldier lost in a wild land where nobody wants you and all doors are closed to you. This young soldier stumbled out of the forest into a small village. He was weak with hunger, frozen almost to death. He was very young, not much older than Willie. In fact, his name was William. He knocked on all the doors asking for food and shelter. But the people told him they were starving, too. He offered to chop wood for a meal. 
but all the doors slammed shut in his face. Did William go back into the forest to freeze to death? That's right. He went straight into the center of town and took off his knapsack. Then he found a big black iron pot and filled it with snow. Next, he built a roaring fire under that pot to melt the snow. And what do you suppose the people in the village were doing? I don't know. They were peeking at him because they were curious. And they became even more curious when he opened his knapsack and took out three very round, shiny rocks. What do you suppose he did with those rocks? He dropped them into the boiling water. Slowly, one by one, so that all the people looking out of their windows could see him. In a few minutes, he opened his pack and took out a big spoon. Then he stirred the boiling water. Then he spooned up a taste and smelled it. He smiled as if it were the most wonderful food in the world. What do you suppose the villagers were doing? Came to see what was happening. Exactly. Their curiosity got the better of them, and they stomped through the snow to stand and stare at the steaming pot. And then a little girl about Cassandra's age asked what everyone wanted to know. What are you cooking? What did William tell them he was cooking? <laughs> exactly. And before anyone could ask another question, he tasted his soup again. And he said, If only we had some onions, this soup would be perfect. An old man allowed us how he might have a few onions left in his cellar. In a minute, he was back with a bunch of onions. William put them into the soup. Then he tasted it again. With some carrots and about 20 potatoes, it would be even better. Then some people found some potatoes and carrots. Sure enough, those people had been hiding food. Now the soup was smelling even better. And came some beef bones. William said, soup was done. He let the old man who'd made the first contribution have the first bowl. And can you guess what he said? What he said was, best darn stone soup I ever had. <laughs> Is that all? Well, waiting for me to tell you what the story means. You just have to figure that out for yourselves. I guess it means it's important to help each other. There's something more to the story besides just helping people. What? This is very David and Goliath all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, I watched David. Did you ever watch David and Goliath? No. Oh my God. All right. You got it. You got to look it up on YouTube or something. Okay. What's that, Willie? Well, it's like a lot of people all working together to get something done. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. We should <laughs> make a bell. And not even there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. We should make a bell for the school. You know, yeah, thinking. we can do it with Tinker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I had to look up Melissa Francis. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. I sent you a picture. Oh, um, you did? She, yeah, but it's fine. On her Twitter feed, she has a photograph of her daughter who looks exactly like she did as a little girl. That's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like, there's, like, this cute picture of her, like, in the cockpit of an airplane. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, and it's like she's doing the big smile. And it's like, wow, you look like a total mini-me of her. Oh, my gosh. I see her. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Yes. She looks just like her. So cute. Perfect for the reboot of Little House on the Prairie. What? Put, put that kid to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's weird. I Melissa Francis is now blonde. But yeah. it completely still looks like her. It's so weird. It's very strange. Yeah, her eyes. Yeah. Like, they've always remained the same ratio of eyes <laughs> to face. Like, she has the biggest eyes I've ever seen. They're so beautiful. Yeah. She, um, I'm, I'm really glad that she went and became successful. I had no idea. That's really yeah, weird. I am too. It's, I haven't read her autobiography, but judging by the title, it sounds like she might have had a kind of a rough journey getting to where she is today. It's called something like, uh, diary of a stage mother's daughter. Oh my god! I know I'm dying to get my hands on it, but it's not available at our library just yet. <laughs> oh wow! I'm, I have to look that up. Is it? A, did she just release it? Um, I think recently, but I don't think like this year or anything. But maybe 2013, something like that. She she's somebody I would reach out to. Maybe yeah maybe. yeah. Um, but she's kind of big, so I mean, you know. <laughs> Like these people, I have to get somebody who, you know, no offense to the people who came on, but these people who are like fully, you know, full-time actors or in her case, a news, a newswoman, it's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I don't know how much time she has to really speak to me. Yeah, that's true. I'm well, sure she probably wakes have, up at like 2 a.m. To... I don't know if I have time to speak to her, so, oh. <laughs> but I do, I do. It's... All right. So we have Ma and Laura, Laura. Laura with very reddish hair all of a sudden, it seems. Her hair. Laura with the most beautiful hair I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we get to see it down. She has it kind of like in a half ponytail in the back. It's mm-hmm. curly. Oh, it just looks so gorgeous. It's unlike um, when she was a little kid on the show and her hair was down. And it was just like really just too brushed out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this hair. I just like this sounds weird, but I just wanted to brush it myself. I was like, oh, my God, it's so gorgeous. She does have nice hair. Here we go. I'll be home in two more weeks. Not much to come home to. All our dreams are just dying out there in the sun. <laughs> if only I could have saved the orchard. It was too much for one body to do? I know. <laughs> you realize Laura's hinting that mom maybe should grab a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wouldn't kill you to get that blouse a little dirty. <laughs> It's not too much for a lot of people to do. Look. And we see a bunch of, a posse of children coming. We found a loophole for child labor laws. (laughs) (laughs) We tricked them. Won't save your trees for you, Miss Wilder. Come on, everybody, let's get to the park. Come on, 
Nancy's too. Nancy, she has the tiniest bucket too. Yeah, it's exactly. It's more like a cup. Yeah. Mom, what's this all about? Come on inside, and I'll tell you. They're gonna sweat their asses off. Um, <laughs> it's hot out here. So yeah, they go in and they. Um, yeah, I think this is very sweet. Of course, you know they took the hint and said, "Hey, we'll help." And they do a great job. We do have one person who's kind of standing to the side, not really helping too much. And um, this is a funny little scene. I think every, I don't know, every character has to have something like this done to them in order to be fully accepted. Are you going to help, Nancy? No, it's too hot. Well, if you were cooler, would you help? Of course I would. <laughs> And of course, she pulls. He pours a bucket of water over her head. Exactly. Hilarious. There, that ought to cool you off. Now fill your bucket. Come on. He really is a hero. <laughs> Yay, Willie. Um. So everything's starting to come together, and we we've kind of forgotten about our men at this point, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we totally did. Oh, they're having a grand old time in Arizona. Right. That's like a whole different episode that I totally want to see is just their side of it. But right. if you think about it, Ma is kind of like the soldier in the Stone Soup story. And she's kind of like tricking, convincing the kids to all help out. Like, yeah, she's kind of taking that role. So interesting. Um, here, here we are with um, Amanzo and Charles. Um, I guess this is the part where they've, they don't have to ride any further together at this point. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Sorry. Can we go back a little bit to, to Laura being like my heroes because the kids say some sweet stuff there. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Sorry. Here we go. No, 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 it's fine. I just want to, here we go. We gave him a real dousing smile. Yeah, they should be all right for at least a week. My heroes, Albert and Willie, and all of you. Hey, maybe other folks could use some help watering. Yeah, we can all make the shirts tomorrow. They're right near the creek. And the sun is close. Well, we could do it. Yeah. You know, Mrs. Ingalls, it's working together. I don't know, it kind of makes you feel good. (laughs) It sure does. This is how cults begin, you know. <laughs> it really is. Now let's all have some lemonade, and under there some sandwiches. Oh, oh yeah. Everyone put on your Nikes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you remember? Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, drink up. You couldn't be hungry. I think that's <laughs> I'll just let it play through. Thunder, we just might get a little rain. Yeah, but look at things, they sure could use it. Get my best to half mine, all right? Sure will. See you tomorrow. Right, a home cooked meal coming up. They really just think about themselves at this point, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's been a long trip. I'm sure they're ready. Yeah, but those crops, you know, they didn't water themselves. Yeah, very true. <laughs> well, I mean, well, maybe he just doesn't know. I guess, I don't know. He still wants that home cooked meal. So, um, I'll. 
it's raining cats and dogs. It, it's the heaviest rain ever. This is like Florida rain. This is like the kind of rain yeah. you get. Yeah, that was for like five this minutes. afternoon. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, it's very sweet how like they don't even care that it's raining and he's back home and all is pretty kind of. So here we go. I missed you so. Oh, me too. You'll never know how much. I passed the orchard on the way, and it looks just fine. Looks just fine. It's a good thing it's raining, because I thought I was going to have to come home with one of those trees. <laughs> so funny. Oh, nothing, nothing at all. Come on inside and get dried off. All right. Oh, oh I'm starving. I got some stone soup on the stove. What on earth stone soup? That's a long story. It is a long story, 45 <laughs> minutes long. But uh, <laughs> um, I thought this was a very sweet episode. Um, I think this is a great episode to show to somebody who has never seen Little House in the Prairie. I agree because it's just it just shows all like, you know, we're all everybody in Walnut Grove is so sweet and willing to help each other. But mm -hmm. I'm not sure that you would have the same payoff if you weren't as like invested in Willie as you had been if you'd been watching it from the beginning. No, but I think that this might make you kind of like the character immediately enough. Yeah, anyway. um, true. What was, did you have a first episode that you watched that kind of got you into even caring about Little House? I, I know that you were saying Little House has been a part of your life growing up and it's always been stories here and there. But was there a particular episode where you thought, oh, you know what? It's, it's kind of fun. Well, I honestly, this is so cheesy, but the very first episode, and I'm not talking about Harvest of Friends, but like the, the, the two movie? hour movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like my husband was out of town one day. I was like, I'm going to watch this and just feast my eyes on some Michael Landon. And <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, this is actually really amazing. So I stopped watching it and then waited till he got home. I was like, we have to watch this together it's so good so i watched it again and then we just watched through in like a month and a half we just binged the entire series wow. um and now usually like i'll just put it on during the day as i'm just doing housework or whatever it's just i love it it's just like a a blanket over me it's just so comforting and everyone mm -hmm. is just so wonderful all the time but then you get like crazy drama be my friend episodes too so it's yeah. just perfect <laughs> um actually we just reviewed be my friend yes we did yeah so um that, that will be coming so stay tuned uh yeah stay tuned <laughs> um actually i have to say chris hassler it was the single person because i was just thinking about you know where did this idea for the podcast come from and it's not something I, I guess I've discussed too much, but Chris had canceled cable at some point. And um, he has two daughters and um, and his wife. And they they love movies, so they're always watching movies. They always want to find things. So they went to their library, and the library had the entire collection of Little House. So they thought, you know what, let's try watching it. Um, I think I spoke to him about it here and there. Um, this, we had been doing the podcast VHS Rewind for a couple of years already. So I think I even brought up the... You know, we probably even played around with the idea of like, you know, maybe we should review Little House, it's, you know, and, you know, it's kitschy enough and it might be an audience. So I remember he started watching it right from the beginning with his daughters 
And he's like, I think there's something here. I'm going to take notes and let's try to put together an episode. And I remember we recorded an episode. It was like three hours long. Oh. We never released it, of course. And we we step by step detail because Chris and I are like two um, two women, um, like the old ladies who kind of are around the sewing circle. <laughs> we don't shut up. Like we just go on and on. And it, yeah, it was for. I don't know if it was for the movie. I think it was one episode and it was like a three hour recording. I'm like, look, we can do it, but we have to really stick to at least, you know, an hour, you know? Yeah. We, you know, our, our rule is to not go more than 20% longer than the actual episode. Okay. Um, but we've done that too. So, um, I think you and I have done that as well. It, yeah, it just I happens. Think so too. Yeah, exactly. And we, so yeah, we, that's kind of how we started doing it because he just started, taking the discs out, but then he turned the cable back on. So Chris never got past season five, I think. Oh. So I just reviewed an episode with him about a week ago. And I, I don't remember what episode it was. Cause I just, they, they're, it's a big mishmash in my head these days. So yeah. if um, you know what, I'm going to tell you what it is though. The thing that was really interesting about doing it with him, though, is he was asking me, who are these people, st- you know, around the dinner table? <laughs> you know, these kids. He's like, what, they adopted more? And oh, it, my it was God. so funny, I thought. Uh, Wave of the Future was when was the one oh, we did. Oh, okay. I know which one that is. Yeah, that's season eight, episode 10. Yeah. And and it was really good because Chris and I, um, we, we worked together in real life and um, we, we really mesh together and we just we we really had a great time doing it so i'm hoping he's going to come back on i want to do um a bit of a round table with um with everybody you know i think that'd be a lot of fun totally that's cool have you on with like leah or something you know it's you know i think that'd be fun awesome Um, you know i think it's tough to have so many people talking at the same time yeah but it starts to turn into like Thanksgiving after a while. You know, everybody kind of gets into their groove. So. Awesome. That's anyway. fun. Yeah. So let's definitely try to do something like that. Okay, cool. I'm game. Just let me know when. Awesome. And um, again, thank you so much for getting together for this episode, which um, Stone Soup. <laughs> I was going for the exact <laughs> title. And yeah. So Stone uh, Soup, it, um, 1982 episode, and I don't know, I'm happy we did this one. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting One Up Broadcast by heading over to patreon.com slash one Any support is appreciated. 